the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand In for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, life questions. Today you can ask Paula questions, whatever's on your heart. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, Let me warn you, if you are west of where we are here in Universal City, there is a big storm coming. Hail, lightning, hail. Did I say hail? Yes. And lots of rain. Rain sideways. So uh, be very, very careful. But the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Maybe you can use the app and call while you're sitting on the bridge to keep from being hit by hail. That's what was happening here by the freeways and stuff. So just the KSLR mobile app, just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Before we get into this program, let me just share yesterday's program. I had some technical difficulties right at the beginning of the program, and so we got cut off, and and a repeat broadcast was was uh, played. I've had people say, well, well, are you doing the same thing again in church? No, it was just a repeat broadcast, but we are are live today and Paula is in the studio. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, I'm live <laughs> and alive <laughs> and living large. <laughs> living it's large. A, it's been a fun day. Yeah, it was kind of cute because uh, yesterday I got the car washed. And so today while we're driving around and it's getting real dark, of course, I'm thinking it's all my fault. <laughs> you know, I got the car washed. And so I thought after I dropped you off, I will go and get you whatever you're going to eat tonight for dinner and go home instead of waiting because I got my car washed yesterday and I wanted to get in the garage. The second I got in the garage, I not a single drop fell on the car while I got the food, got home. Not a single drop. I pushed the button for the garage to go down, walked in the house, looked out the window, and... Because I was thinking, what's that knocking noise? <laughs> you know, I was wondering, what is that? It was hailing. Like, in some cases, quarter size hail. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh my goodness, my car. And then when I came over here for the radio program, not a drop of rain on my yeah, car. Yeah, you actually, you actually called me and told me it was hailing and it, was, it wasn't here. And I hung up for you, and about eight minutes later, and we're one mile away. Yeah. Uh, eight minutes later, then it, it was like the world was in him. <laughs> was, I was looking for the ark. It was so bizarre, and I kept thinking, please don't knock the power out. Please don't knock the power out. You know, <laughs> But it was good. But, yeah, as soon as I got in the garage, it just happened. I was like, I was in the house going, Lord, that was just so sweet of you. 
Because <laughs> I just got my car washed yesterday. But anyway, mm-hmm. so it's my show? It's your show. So I can start out? You do whatever you want to. Okay, well, if if the ladies don't know it, we're in Sweet Summer Devotions. But I'm kind of, you guys should pray for us out there. Because Ron and I, I'm going to take my boyfriend on a vacation in a week or so. But, um, so we've started Sweet Summer Devotion this past Monday. You, you b- Before you do that, yes. you should explain that you don't really have a boyfriend. You know what, when some of the kids, one time I was asking them, you know, have you guys seen my boyfriend? Have you guys seen my boyfriend? I've been looking all over. And one of the kids was like, huh? I thought you were married to Pastor Ron. <laughs> I was like, girl, I am married to Pastor Ron, but he's my boyfriend too. I call him my boyfriend <laughs> about 50% of the time. So if anybody didn't know that, that's what I'm talking about. There's nothing crazy going on over here. So anyway, so I started this past Monday, and it's from Genesis 16:13. Our theme is the God who sees me. So I, I, I finished my part, and then this coming Monday, Nicole Moreno, um, and, I, you know, I never ask the ladies what they're going to say. I just trust the Lord, and when I hear it, I'm hearing it for the first time with everybody else. But she will do her Sweet Summer Devotion this upcoming Monday, and then Father's Day comes that Sunday we're here. The next morning, we're not. <laughs> we'll be gone for a couple of weeks, 13 days. We don't miss two Sundays in a row. Um, but we'll have church at the beach um, June 25th at Oceanside. What is it, the Bayside? Mm-hmm. Bayside, June 25th at 10 o'clock. So if any of y'all want to get there, <laughs> you can come. Just, you know, we have one service. The Makasadias do the worship. And... uh all are welcome, but as soon as church is over and we have a little something to eat and stuff, you don't know us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then we'll be back and and, and Pastor and, Ken will be doing the show live for me for the for I, the two weeks for the two week both the, weeks. Yeah, he's going to do both weeks, so yeah, yeah. So the audience won't miss me at all. Yeah, well, they might, but it'll be all right. They'll live. <laughs> uh, so two weeks of vacation, and then we'll be back. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to spending some time uh, with you, of course, alone, where, I, you know, I don't have to share you as much. Not not upset that I get to share you here, but I'm really happy that I don't have to share you much when we go to California. You just have to share me with our massage place. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm okay. I can still, you good? I'm good too. Bye. And I have to share you with the weird places you eat at the farmer's market. Yeah. Uh, the the what do they call street it? Street fair. Street fair mm-hmm. in Oceanside. Yeah. And you go from booth to booth to booth eating weird things. Yeah. And saying hi to all my friends. Uh, I missed them last year. <laughs> Some of them see me coming. They're like, "Oh, I remember you." <laughs> That's a praise of the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, well, uh, well, would you talk for just a couple of minutes? You can talk as long as you want. It's your show. Mm-hmm, yeah, but, that's right. But, I forgot. but would would you talk a little bit about your message on on Wednesday, on um, Monday, Monday night? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the God who sees me is, um, uh, I think, something that we forget about sometimes. That he's always there. He's always mm-hmm. watching. He knows everything, mm-hmm. and we kind of forget about that. And and I know you sort of kicked it off. Now the ladies are probably. Primarily going to be sharing testimonies. Most likely, okay. yeah. yeah. But but you always kick it off with sort of a thematic thing, and that was what you did on mm-hmm. Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it was really fun because uh, our producer, he produces other things, you know. So I had him uh, help me out with a little video. Of, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, and I can't even remember what the – it's an iPhone, yeah, um, commercial. And the mom is a, a black lady – and she's got her camera, and her son is in a race. And he's on the starting line, and mom looks at the son. The son looks at the mom like, you ready? You ready, right? Because we're going to run this race. Mom, don't mess up. And so uh, I, I kind of put the eyes, you know, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me, right? And it, it was cute. It was really cute. But it was kind of like that's what it's like as we walk our walk. The Lord is so personal with each one of us, um, and he doesn't miss a thing. And ever since, well, not ever since, but extra since I uh, did this study, you know, because he not only sees me on the outside, 
he knows me on the inside. And so what my mind is thinking, what my heart is holding, all of those things, I've been a little more aware, <laughs> you know. And um, But it was, it, I think it was an encouraging study. And I, I kind of had some fun with it, even though it is kind of a difficult study, um, because the Lord says that he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us from being a slave to unrighteousness, but we still are slaves to righteousness. Um, and I started out with... I, I think that's one of the things we forget. We we have to choose to whom we're going to be enslaved. Yeah. And and the, the obvious choice for a Christian is, I want to be enslaved to you, Jesus. You're in charge. Yeah. Um, and, and we forget that, well, I'm free. I can do this. We're not free to sin. We're free not to sin. Yeah. And I think that's really an important consideration. Yeah. And we're also free to be... Um, selfless, not selfish. And I've been a lot more aware of that. Um, you know, I started off with Psalm 139, uh, 15, 16. Actually, I started off with Jeremiah thirty-one ten, where he will keep watch over his flock. And just like the lady, the mom in the video, she is watching her son. She's aware of the other people who are racing with him. Um, and, but her focus is really on that's my son right there. That's my boy right there. And then her, she's running, you know, focusing on her son, and there's other people. And the song in the background is saying, get out my way, get out my way, <laughs> get out my way. It's kind of like the signs that say don't mess with Texas. But it's like the Lord saying, don't mess with one of mine. He's in a race or she's in a race, and I got my eye on her, and nothing and no one can deter the plan that I have for this one, except that one. And so when you always say, um, just be with Jesus and or, mostly and, um, stay in your lane, that's what it's all about. Jesus says, you know, like the little boy, this is your lane right here. You just look straight ahead, run straight ahead. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be worried about anybody else's race. You just keep your eyes on Jesus. And so... um, then I went to Psalm 139, where he says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Speaking of, your eyes, Lord, saw my unformed body, and all the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, which means there's no surprises for the Lord. He knows all my days. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what has already happened. And... Um, Again, there's no surprises with him. And so he's he saw us, and now he watches. And um, I love this one because Second Chronicles 16.9. I don't know if it's Second Chronicles or First Chronicles. But for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I ask the question, are you fully committed to him? You know, I can answer that honestly and say, as far as I know, that's my desire. I hope I am. Only the Lord knows. We heard a, you and I were in the car today, and we heard a study about somebody who, um, a pastor even, old-timey back in the 1800s, and he was um, taken by a younger pastor who had come and spoken in his church, and this man seemed to have just a joy, an extra zeal that, the pastor himself didn't have, and he was wondering, what is what? What's up with that? You know, and that he had gone to this younger pastor and asked him, "There's something different. What is it?" And the guy asked him, basically, "Are you totally committed and submitted to the Lord? Is there even one thing that you might be holding back from the Lord that's keeping you from, you know, uh, being fully joyful?" So this. Older pastor said he went into his room, closed the door, and decided, I'm not coming out until I know. And, you know, the, he said, I have a, this huge set of keys, and I'm giving you all my keys, Lord. You're, you're in charge of it all. And he, the Lord told him, he said, well, thank you very much, basically, but what about that little key that you haven't given me? Oh, Lord, no, I can't, I can't give that to you. I just can't give that up. And the Lord was like, well... 
then basically we've got issues still. You're not going to be. And he said, okay, Lord, I can't give it to you, but would you take it from me? And that's the deal they made. And so if there's anything that you or I might be holding back from the Lord, no matter how small or insignificant we may think it is, is bigger than we know. Yeah, that, that older pastor, he, he lived in the 1900s, but uh, his name was F.B. Meyer, and, and his was a an abundantly fruitful life following that incident. Mm. And uh, it was just wonderful. The truth is, if we're not completely submitted to the Lord, we're not submitted at all. And, and in the West, especially, Paula, we have this sense that, that well, well I'm, I'm, I'm giving most of my stuff to the Lord, and I'm better than I was, and, and we act like that's good enough. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is still sort of on the outside with his arms open saying, no, 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 until you give me everything, you haven't given me anything at all. Yeah. And that's a high standard for people to look at. They think God ought to grade on a curve. Mm-hmm. You know, they think, well, well, I'm doing better and yeah. I'm trying to give you this stuff. And yeah. you know my heart, Lord. And he just stands outside and says, no, 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 until I have everything, yeah. I don't have anything. Yeah. And we need to remember that. I know. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's really difficult because I used to be one of those people. Well, you know, I'm not perfect and the Lord didn't expect me to be perfect. And then, you know, he would like you to be, but he wants, yeah, he wants me to want to be for sure. He wants me to aim for perfection instead of using that excuse of, well, I still have this flesh and I'm fighting it all the time, Um, using it as an excuse to remain in the condition that I was always in. There's a, that's that plan B, that caveat that says, you know, when I sin, he's already, he already knows about it and, and he's going to forgive me anyway kind of a thing. When the Lord is like, no, baby, that's not how it works. You, you, you can choose to serve either the Lord or your own flesh. You get to choose. You lose if you choose your own flesh with the Lord you win. So it's it's really difficult sometimes because there's some things that, you know, like with in my in the story, Hagar gets to choose. She gets to choose. And so the Lord was building us all up because I, I brought some scriptures before I even got to Hagar. Um talking about the eyes of the Lord are everywhere keeping watch on the wicked and the good. We forget that. We forget that Lord, this is not fair. Um, this one seems to be getting ahead. Um, when I'm serving you, you know, now we're looking for this bigger building. <laughs> and every time I hear one of the, the basketball players, you know, because that's going on, now the golfers and all the money they're making and stuff, I'm like, Lord, they're, they're just playing a game. <laughs> There's so much money out there, Lord. <laughs> they're getting, you know, $100 million here and $28 million. I mean, just, Lord, they're playing a game. For a few years, and it, it's just not fair. But you just did Psalm seventy-three. I know I had that down there too. But <laughs> I, but yeah, the, but the Lord is watching, <clears throat> and He wants me to have a good attitude and be happy for those other people that are making all that money. You can hear in my voice that I'm not really all that thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> We're serving the Lord. You rejoice know. with those who rejoice. That's right. Um, but yeah, but the eyes of the Lord are keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Not saying the basketball players and the golfers are making a lot of money are wicked people. No, it's just that I was thinking, I'm still thinking. <laughs> That's just not right, right? <laughs> Come on, Lord. But um, he's he was telling us in Luke 12, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies yet? Not one of them is forgotten by God. The Lord is watching us. He's not forgotten us. He knows where we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, who we're doing it for. And um, he indeed knows the very heads, uh, fair hairs of our head are all numbered. And so he says, don't be afraid. And or he might be saying to me right now, stop your whining and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> you are worth more than many sparrows. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any questions for Paula or for me. Uh, toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, um, I- anytime you talk to people about surrendering everything, yeah. it's challenging. Yes, it but is. But uh, Hagar's story is even more so. Um, one of the worst Fanny Chewins I ever got from a lady in church is when I taught um, Genesis 16, mm-hmm. Hagar's born-again experience. Mm-hmm. I think one of the great chapters in the book of Genesis 
And um, she said, you know, that was the meanest thing that God ever could have told her to go back to her mistress and, and where she was being mistreated. I mean, this is a pregnant woman. She's hormonal. And now she's told to go back and return. What was God thinking? And I had to stop her yeah. and, and say, God was seeing her back where she needed to be. Yeah. And and she wasn't going back alone. She was going back with a life-changing experience. And I'm certain some of the ladies were challenged by that part of your study as well. Yeah, your wife was challenged with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge. You know, I was looking, Hagar's name means flight or forsaken. She either would run from an issue or other people would run away from her. You know, she was either she would either abandon the situation or she's already been abandoned. Um you know, no, the whole situation wasn't uh, was totally unfair, except that she was already a slave. You know, and that was and like like the human race, she was born a slave. She was born a slave, and Jesus set her free. Yeah, at that moment, um, I've seen the God who sees me. Yeah, and that's when. Uh, similar like Job's experience before mm-hmm. I'd heard about you, but now I've seen you, mm-hmm. and it changes everything. Yeah, it really does. And when when she was sent back, um, I, I love how. In fact, I mentioned this in my study how Abraham and, and Sarah, you know, Abraham and Sarai, they're having this argument. You know, now that uh, Hagar knows she's pregnant, she's despising Sarai. You know, um, well, I'm I'm kind of a slave. And he married me because that's the way he could have sex with me. Um, and now I'm pregnant. Now now who's the favorite one? Because poor Hagar, she was never going to be the, the, the favored wife. Um, she wouldn't have the rights of, of Sarai, who was the first wife. And, but she's pretty, you know, she's beautiful. Now she's pregnant. And she's given, I'm sure, some attitude to Sarai. Um, I'm a slave, yeah, but I'm able to give him children. Yeah, kind of had that attitude going. And so they got this argument going on where Sarai says, I put my servant in your, your arms and look what you did. You know, we do, don't we do that? We kind of blame shift, right? Um, she had this plan that she had worked out and it didn't work out the way she thought. And uh, I asked the ladies, have you ever done that? You know? Yeah, every, every plan that we implement that is contrary to God's will for us never works out. Yeah. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. We In our mind, we can work out, okay, then this will happen, then this will happen, this will happen. I'll get rid of her, and the baby will be mine, and, and me and Abram will be happy for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. It just never works out mm-hmm. on our terms. Yeah, never does. I didn't realize, Paul, we're inside four minutes, so start wrapping up your thoughts. Am I just talking too much or what? No. Okay, good. So he says, your servant is in your hands. Do whatever you think best think best so she started mistreating her that's not the best you know the best is love is patient love is kind all those things you know we know but that's what she came up with but neither Abram or Sarai ever said Hagar my servant your servant you know I was thinking they just dismissed her basically and she was feeling pretty bad so she runs away and uh, I like the fact that and you say this all the time Jesus was never lost, you know. It says that an angel, the angel of the Lord found Hagar. Hagar didn't find the Lord. He found her in her most desperate mm-hmm. of, of times. And to be sure, the, the, the angel of the Lord was Jesus mm-hmm. in this story. And, and that was the moment where she really was set free. Even though she was told she has to go back to her mistress, uh, endure whatever hardship, you yeah. are after all a slave, mm-hmm. but now you're my slave. Yeah. I've set you free. And we hate the term slave, uh, and rightly so, in a Western context. However, um, uh, we're we're slaves, as you said earlier in the the show, Paula, we're slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. We just get to choose uh, where our slavery is. Yeah, Yeah, I I brought this up because Jesus says, Hagar, servant of Sarai. Basically, Hagar slave for Sarai. So he didn't, he called her by name, but he also let her know who she was. He, rem, he reminded her who she was. And uh, where have you come from? Where are you going? All she did was, no, I'm running away. But I have no idea where I'm going. Is that where in the study you went to Luke 17? Um, eventually. Yeah, anytime somebody goes Luke 17, it's like, oh no. Here we go, huh? Yeah, yeah. people yeah. never want to <laughs> listen to that. 
Yeah, she was just running away. And then I, I also add, you know, if we had all of our our circumstances favorable, we probably would never even call upon the Lord. You know, things are hard, and we're running away. Things are hard, and we just keep spiraling down and down and down. And sometimes that's the best place for us to be, because when we're all the way down and out, then we get to look up. Well, the the best thing about Sweet Summer Devotions is um, I'm quite sure all of the ladies at one point are going to share when they were down. Yeah. And and the, the result when they looked up. Yes. And Jesus was there. Yeah. Every one of them, Ron, it, hardly without a, a a miss in all these years. This is what they always say. I knew that the Lord was always there. He was always watching me. No matter what I was doing or where I was, they all know. Before they got saved, they all knew. If you're listening to this program and you're not a born-again Christian, understand that Jesus is always there. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show, 340-9585. This is The Word of Standing for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show. Paula is in the studio, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to the phones. We've got Ruben holding on line one. Ruben, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hello, young man and young woman. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> he just graduated again to our favorite. You know what I'm saying? What, you need a dollar? Yeah. I'm going to send you a dollar. Give me your address. <laughs> give, me a, give me a taco. Give me a taco yeah. and I'll be happy. <laughs> Get you a taco. <laughs> Ruben, i got to ask you a question, uh, okay? Yes. This, this question is going to disgust every real Mexican food lover in San Antonio. Oh, no. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. Okay. You, you like tacos. Do you like jack-in-the-box tacos? No. You don't? No. I'm Are you sure no. you'd say yes? They're the best tacos ever. No. No, no. no they're no. not. They're, no. they're not even tacos, mm-hmm. though. They're, they're just a crust with some kind of... Some kind of meat or something yeah. in there, huh? Some kind of, or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The funny thing is, is when I was younger in, in my ooh, early 20s, I used to work at Jack in the Box where they used, when they have... Then they used to have them three for a dollar. I don't know if you remember that. I do. They used to have them three. Yeah. And Ruben, I'm so old. Were, I remember when you could get three of them for twenty five cents. Ooh, that's oh what they're God. worth. <laughs> that was, that just just about. <laughs> but but no, I'm sorry, sir. I I I I don't like to disagree with you, but that's not a taco. No. Okay. No. Everybody pray for no. Pastor Ron. Okay. Please. <laughs> What's on your heart, Ruben? Um, I, I was studying again and, and, and um, you know, just going through some things. And it's funny how I miss some things the first couple times that I read the Bible. But uh, what um, Neph- Nephilim, I believe, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing it correct correctly, are these the giants that um, when, uh, oh, my gosh. Was it Jacob that sent out the spies to go look at the land, and they they came back and reported that oh these guys are huge? Yeah. Um, where did they come from? And if if was it the Nephilim that he was referring to? If I'm re- if I'm referring to the correct passage, and uh, my uncle he's a Jehovah's Witness, so I tried to talk to him, and you know he listens to me, but he said that because he studies a lot. I mean, a man studies a lot. He said that there was a book of Enoch that he's that that was supposed to have been in the Bible, but they took it out. Um, is there any truth to that? And the Nephilim, where did they come from, and um, why didn't uh, I guess why don't we hear more about them if they were mentioned once, if indeed that's what they were? 
Yeah, Ruben, thank you. I can I can handle both of those. Let me. The easy one is is uh, there's no book of Enoch that's supposed to be in the Bible. The 66 books that we have in the Bible um, are, are are that's the Bible. Uh, we didn't take books out of the Bible. I had a question earlier. The the apographa uh, that is in the Catholic Bible. Those books were never considered scripture by Jews. Uh, they are inconsistent and contradict other portions of scripture. Um, they have some historical value, but the difference is very simple. The 66 books that we have in our Bible, those are books that were written by God, uh, pushing the, the pens of men. The uh, apocryphal books and and other books, we, we've had the same questions about the, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene or the Gospel of Thomas. Um, those were, were useful books, and I'm sure uh, well-intended in the beginning, but they they weren't books that belong in our Bible. They're not scripture, and there's all kinds of difficulties with them. Uh, the Nephilim you're talking about, Reuben, are from Genesis chapter six, and these are uh, the the offspring of uh, incorrigible angels, uh, fallen angels. Um, Jude says that they've been locked up. Uh, reserved for the day of judgment in the book of Revelation, um, those those angels are let loose. Remember, that's a time of judgment, and that's at the end of the great tribulation. Um, but um, the Nephilim were the offspring of of the sons of God. Those are always a refer- reference to angels um, coming in. Um, and and having sex with women, people say, well, angels can't have sex. Well, they could appear as men, and they did, the offspring. And this was Satan's attempt to uh, so pollute the, the, the messianic line that Jesus could never have been born. So the, the Nephilim were the result of that. Now, there are people who say, well, that's just science fiction. But remember the placing in the Bible, the the response to God of the, the sons of God the angels, the fallen angels coming into the daughters of men, was the flood of Noah. It was that simple. The, the, the flood of Noah was so uh, anti-God. Um, I mean, the 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 uh, Nephilim uh, was so anti-God that the only way God could do it was to d- destroy all the people on the earth in a flood of judgment. So uh, that happened. I said it would never happen again. A flood. Um, and, and that's why the angels, those specific angels were locked up, not to be revealed again until the Great Tribulation. So um, that's who they were. Um, they, they weren't tall people. Uh, you know, you can go to some nations and find really tall people. Um, and, and the people that were in the Promised Land, uh, when, they, when uh, um, Israel could have or when the Jews should have gone in to take the Promised Land, said, no, there's giants living in the land. Or that was part fear and part just some very large people. We know Goliath was was over nine feet tall. So um, there were just some people that were really, really tall. But the Nephilim in particular, uh, they were destroyed. Um, the offspring were destroyed uh, in the flood. Um, the angels that created them, uh, the fallen angels, are, are reserved for the Day of Judgment. Thank you, Reuben. Appreciate it. And even though you don't know anything about tacos, keep reading your Bible. <laughs> Paula, it's your show. Yeah. Um, you know, last night's study was quite difficult, uh, and but I, I, I like it. You know me. I like conviction. And uh, I want to, you know, we all want to be better. The Lord said, aim for perfection. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, last night, talking about how to deal with sin in the book of Ezra, um, and you started, kind of started out where you, you said there are times when things look like they're going pretty well, but sometimes looks are deceiving. And so you started with, um, you know, talking about Ezra, when he, when he came back, he didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And, but when he found out, he was very upset. And so, um, you know, we all... Like you and I, when we pray, Lord, thank you for giving us a life of meaning and purpose. Um, a, a meaning and purpose, meaning um, we don't just get up, live our life for ourselves, go to bed, and then get up and do it the next day. No, our lives have meaning and purpose. We are very much aware that Jesus is always watching us, and so are other people. And um, being mindful of that 
that Jesus is with us if we're with him, of course, being mindful of that, um, the Lord can then say, thank you very much, even though he didn't say thank you very much. Um, but thank you for being aware that I want to use you to introduce other people to me. Yeah, I think he does say thank you very much. Yeah. God's grateful when we are obedient. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can feel his smile sometimes. Yeah, seriously, but, we have no choice. Mm-hmm. But 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 I I think I've, yeah. I've had the Lord speak to my heart and yeah. say thank you. Yeah, you're right. The, when I think the first time you ever taught the Book of Revelation at Randolph Air Force Base, it was yeah, it was one of those times when I'm 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 crying like a baby almost because the Lord says, "Thank you for me for just hanging in there." Because this wouldn't happen. And so, yeah, you're right. He does say thank you. And once in a while, I just have to pay attention. <laughs> but Ezra, he wanted a life that mattered, not just an easy life. And, um, man, did he step up to the plate. But Because he, he's talking to the leaders. You know, he's come back and the, finds out that the remnant, not the remnant, but the exiles were doing exactly what God's word told them not to do. Yeah, and it wasn't just the people. The people are the ones that came in and told on the, the priests and the Levites. These are the people that, that had the responsibility of representing God. And and that's why um, I tied it into um, leadership and fallen pastors, those of us who've been given this wonderful life. Um, um, it's Again, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but it's meaningful and it's satisfying. And and yet, so many pastors. All we have to do is turn on um, any kind of media, and we find uh, all these famous pastors who who God has blessed with the ability to teach the word and communicate, and 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 their churches have just exploded and prospered. And yet, the reality is, um, behind the scenes, there's there's sin going on. And, and, you know, the pastor thinks, well, because I'm anointed or because um, the, or, or people are getting saved and God is using me, uh, whatever he does in private is okay. And the Levites, who are just for the first time now, um, they're, they're, they're sacrificing animals for the forgiveness of sins. They're uh, celebrating the feasts and festivals. And these are people that never had done this in their lifetime because they've been in Babylon captivity for 70 years. And so now they're living the way Jews are supposed to live. And they have this opportunity to really and truly worship God in spirit and in truth. And it looks really, really good uh, like like this what it's going to be. And and um, then they go home and do all these horrible things. In this case, they were intermarrying mm-hmm. with other people. Let's hold the thought and come back sure. there. We've got Phyllis holding on line one. Phyllis, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Paula. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Phyllis. Hi. I am calling in regards to the Bible study last night as well. Oh, good. So you, you two things. Um, you know, Pastor Ron doesn't make jokes, but he I thought he made a joke last night. He said that if he was ever caught um, in a situation, um, another affair, mm. uh, he said first, uh, once he got out of the hospital, mm-hmm. that's the joke I thought it was. You <laughs> it's know. not funny, though, right? Because uh, that would have been true. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, the joke he was trying to make. Then, yeah. And then um, he said... Which was a should have been a conviction for all of us there last night. That if once he got out of the hospital, he came in, into the pulpit and and said, "Well, you know, I'm sorry." Da da da. It is ninety nine percent of us would, you know, uh, accept him back. And I guess what really touched me was that he said we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so many people, or so many pastors that have been caught in that situation do exactly that, get in the pulpit, and we as members of a church, we we allow them to come back. But then, uh, Pastor Ron, isn't there a scripture uh, that says if you catch someone in a sin that you should restore them, something like that? Yeah. And, and I'll get off the air and, and listen. Yeah, thank you, Phyllis. Yeah, uh, Paul writes the Corinthians that you should restore such a one gently, 
Um, but 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 there, there's there's too Jesus said too much is given, much is required, and the and the much is in an increasing measure. So it's much more is required. And Phyllis, there are some people that have been given a position by the Lord. I'm one of those people. It doesn't mean I'm better than other people. It just means that God has so blessed my life um, that that if I were to commit adultery, if I were to cheat on Paula, um, I would then forfeit the ability to go back into the pulpit as a pastor. It's that simple. Now, there are people that will argue, well, well, David was restored. Well, David didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. Um, um, you know, we understand. James said, not many of you should seek to be teachers for you stand a stricter judgment. And in our church culture, uh, not only do we receive them back, but any pastor that would go in and cry big enough tears, he'd get a standing ovation from his audience. And, and, and by and large, the people would say, well, well, you know, God restores and God forgives and nobody's perfect. Well, when, when you've been given a position like the one I am privileged to have, um, you can forfeit that position. Now, that doesn't mean Hebrews also says God's gifts and calling are irrevocable. It doesn't mean that I would not be usable. But, but for me to get back into the pulpit after committing such a grievous sin against God, against Paula, against the church, the, the, the people that I've been talking about righteousness and holiness for for a long time, um, that would simply disqualify me. I would lose credibility, and, and thus God's word uh, would lose credibility as it comes through me. And every time I would talk about sin or holiness, uh, or, or genuine repentance, um, there'd be people in the audience saying, oh, yeah, it's easy for him to say he's the one cheated on his wife. And so it's just there's more required at some positions, and I believe uh, being a shepherd over God's flock is one of those positions. And I will be honest and say there are people that disagree with me. Um, I, I think most of the churches where they would re store somebody who's fallen into sexual sin uh, into the pastorate. I think most of the churches aren't serious about their approach to the Word of God. You know, Paul, I started that message off last night in, in, in a very difficult way, and I really wrestled with the, the Lord I know you did. over this. Yeah. Um, uh, but I wanted it to be real, and I started off by reading a bunch of names. Some of those names are people I know, uh, people that I considered friends. Um but their names that everybody would know, and these are pastors who, because of sexual sin, have lost ministries and and shipwrecked the faith of many of the people that were sitting under their teaching. And uh, I just think it's a serious enough issue that we've got to deal with it. And uh, I, I said verse 3 in uh, Ezra 9 is one of the great, great verses in our Old Testament and talks about his response. He was appalled. And and that's literally almost in a catatonic-like state. But he pulled his hair out, not all of it, but pulled chunks of his hair, mm-hmm. pulled chunks of his beard, mm. and he just sat there mourning in a stupor because the people that were supposed to be representing Jesus are the ones who are guilty of sin. And, and the people that knew it, um, they went to Ezra, and Ezra had to make a... Um, an example of them, and and his heart was really broken over the sin. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are saying that you know God wants us to be separate. Where He's called us so we could be different, um, and yet the things that they weren't supposed to do, the leaders were doing that very thing. And and you know I'm thinking, Ron, that you know if we were to start compromising any of God's word in our life, it's easy for those who follow after us to do the very same thing. And so the the holiness and the power of the church would just, we, we, we'd just be ended up being a social club. And the Lord would, his he would just take his spirit away from there. And I, I just, I don't want to do that. That's why, you know, I think the Lord's making me love conviction all the more. And, I'm, you know, my favorite thing about the Lord is his forgiveness. But I don't want to ever take that for granted. Um, and so... Um, I just think we got to realize there are consequences. Yeah. And, and, and especially in the Western church, 
we don't like to think of consequences. We like to talk about grace, and I, I, I don't think anybody talks about grace more than I do. Yeah. But but um, we talk about grace all the while overlooking um, the, the need to walk in holiness, yeah. as you said early in the program, to aim for perfection. Aim for perfection. And um, the minute we make light uh, of sin then the people in the congregation are going to make light of sin. I have the privilege of opening the Bible three times a week, um, uh, three services on Sunday, and and, um, and and teach verse by verse the Bible to people in the church. Mm-hmm. If today news came out that I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing, and, and my congregation became aware of that news, mm-hmm. then um, they wouldn't be able to take seriously anything that I said. And they would, it would cause doubt on anything you had said. Yes. I, I remember very distinctly when we were at that gym that one day, and what's his name? That The, the pastor, well, maybe you don't need to say his name. Yeah. Um, he had fallen, and you said, if he can fall, who am I? You know, I mean, you're, I, I was a, uh, on the other side of the room, and you're reading that newspaper, and I saw your face turn white, white, you know, I mean, white, but you mean white, white, and I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on, what happened? That was right after I received a call from the Lord to be a pastor, Mm -hmm. and this is a guy that was a radio pastor, a great Bible teacher, not a good one, a great Bible Mm -hmm. teacher, and um, um, I I just was exercising and picked up a newspaper while I was on the treadmill, and and it was this uh, Orange County pastor commits adultery, and fired from his job and and I, I remember immediately the devil spoke to my heart and said you you can never do this if he fell who do you think you are mm-hmm. and uh that terrified me yeah. I mean, you talk about a fear of god mm-hmm. i had a fear of god yeah. at that moment yeah. and um i think we don't take off our shoes but but i think one thing that that pastors need to remember is the the words God said to Moses at the burning bush, mm-hmm. uh, take off thy sandals for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. When we get to that pulpit, that's holy ground, and we better be walking in holiness so that we can be empowered by the Spirit. If we are not, then we're nothing more than a motivational speaker. Yeah. And there's no value in that yeah. whatsoever. So it was a very, very difficult study last night. It was very somber, and, and because I've known you for... 53 years, but how many as a Christian, um, especially when some of the, your friends fell and no longer able to be pastors, for the longest time, this is what you would say to me. What do they do on Sunday? You, I mean, you've wept over some of these guys. All I could think about was, was I, I go to bed Saturday night early, <laughs> Because yeah. I'm up really early. Yeah. But I go to bed Saturday night knowing that, that uh, I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ tomorrow to to three services of full house. Mm-hmm. And if I weren't able to do that, when that's what I was born to do, yeah. um, we need to be at that level of seriousness. Yeah. Uh, so anybody interested in the Bible study, again, it's very, very straightforward. Um, but I think in these last days, we need uh, more of those straightforward messages. Paula, we're now just a little bit over uh, two minutes in the in the program. Okay. So I want okay. you to just share your heart Monday night, a reminder, and anything else you got going okay. on. Yes. Um, you said in Ezra 9, verses 6 and 7, and I have it highlighted, circled, and we'll be doing it. If you find yourself, anybody, find yourself in a a position where you know the Lord has called you, and delivered you from a sin or many sins, and you've fallen back into it because, you know, we kind of take the Lord for granted. Yeah. And His it's grace, willful sin. It's willful sin. Verses 6 and 7, that prayer of repentance. Yeah. I mean, not that we need to, you know, have a rote prayer, but that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, a prayer of repentance because God has been gracious. You're still walking around breathing. Um, but he sure wants a whole lot less to have to burn up when we, yeah. when we Psalm, see Psalm 51 would be the other one. That, yeah, that Psalm be, 51. I think important. Yeah, I love our leadership group here, and I love, like I told you before, I love your stubbornness. 
Um, I love your, uh, what is it, your forthrightness as far as this is what it says, this is what it means, this is how we can apply it. Um, but God's goodness, um, don't let it become an everyday ho-hum, God is good, God is good, God is good. No, no, no. Know that he's good, and he expects us to be that way as well. Ooh, I'm preaching, right? <laughs> I'm talking to myself. It's all right. Monday night, who's coming Monday up? night, Nicole Moreno. Women come at 7 o'clock. We do have child care. Uh, you will love it. And then we turn the, the microphones off because the Q&A sessions are almost as good if, as, the, as the teaching. Yeah. It's just really, really, really good. So please come. Yeah. God bless you. The God who sees me. He's watching you. He loves you. And uh, he wants, He says, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Yeah. Hey, as we get ready to sign off, let me say to Hindu, Hindu, we love you. We're praying for you. And we know Jesus is there with you. May the Lord bless all of you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening in the Lord. Um, remember this. It's as simple as just being with Jesus. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you there. Love you. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.